0: Greetings everyone, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening wherever you are. First and foremost, I would like to say thank you so much to everyone who has commented. The outpouring of love and well wishes for my recovery of this upcoming surgery has been overwhelming and I thank you all from the bottom of my heart. I promise I would rather go through a hundred recoveries than leave you all without your vocal melatonin. I know everyone tells me, worry about yourself right now and we'll be here when you get back. I get that, but I'm not that kind of person. I've always been a people pleaser as I feel like it's my calling in life. So, you all will still get your nightly dose, no matter what. Alright, let's go ahead and get the shout-outs for the coffee crew. Tina S, Heather P, Anonymous, Lalinia, Felicia, Innerscared. Glenda Villamar and Tina Mead. Thank you all so much for your contributions. That does help me a lot. If you like what you are hearing, down in the description box, you are more than welcome to buy me a coffee as I would truly appreciate it. It helps me and the channel. Just a quick reminder about ads I'll read the introduction, there will be an ad. I'll read the first story, there will be an ad. After that, The rest of the video will be ad-free. Now, it is time to go back to ashes, for when we return to the ashes, we arise a bigger, brighter, stronger, and happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in and get warm and prepare for your dose of vocal melatonin entitled True Ghost Encounters. These won't be long stories, but rather a compilation of stories I have from a house I lived in. I grew up in a small town in Indiana, from kindergarten all the way to fifth grade. My grandfather was a landlord, and let me, my mom, brother, and later down the road, my soon-to-be-born sister, live in the house. I grew up religious, but my mom never forced us up to believe what she believed. She wanted us to think for ourselves and learn about other religions and decide what we wanted to believe. While I still don't know whether I believe in ghosts, I do believe in angels and demons. The first story, while it didn't happen in my house, ...is a good backstory to how I became fascinated with the paranormal. The Grim Reaper I was a baby, I believe, or at least still young enough to sleep in a crib. My grandparents on my dad's side have always been a big part of my life... ...and I still, at the age of 22, try to go up as much as possible... One night, I was laid down in my crib. I remember waking up and staring at the posters in my father's room. My grandparents never took them down, and still to this day, they are up. These posters are on a large piece of wood that is hung from the ceiling and on the back of a large train track my father built. One of the pictures always used to scare me. It was of a circus and the tiger had a snarled nose and large teeth. The storage room is also in the bedroom. It's normally filled with Christmas decorations and board games. My grandma always told us not to go in there because things could fall and she didn't want us getting hurt. As I turned over in my crib, someone walked out. Not someone I recognized. This man was tall and completely black, wearing what I can only describe as a cloak with a large hood. This thing walked out of the storage room, out my bedroom door, and down the stairs. The object moved slowly and looked almost transparent. I don't remember being scared or crying. I still sleep in that room today. I remember it as if it were yesterday. Being that young, seeing things I couldn't explain. I believe conditioned me to see and experience the things I saw, felt, and heard in my home such as the lady on the ceiling. The Lady on the Ceiling My brother and I are two years apart in age and have always been two peas in a pod. My first experience in this house was not something I saw, but rather felt. I wasn't in kindergarten yet and had a room to myself. Sometimes, when I was scared, I would sense a woman in my room. I never saw her, but always had a picture of her in my mind. She wasn't on the ceiling, but I never pictured her standing on the ground. I knew it was a woman's presence. I felt this woman for six years until we eventually moved out. The attic door and temperature change. Like I said, my brother's room was right next to mine, connected by a hallway. Think of a conjoined hotel room, which was always cold, even though we had central heating and cooling. His door was never shut, because I found some comfort in being able to see him at night. His room had an attic attached to it. The door was thick and old. The only thing keeping this locked was a barrel bolt lock. The floor was weak, and we could fall through the ceiling if we were to go up there. At least that's what my mom said. Sometimes, when we would wake up, the door would be open. My mom thought it was us for a while. We told her it wasn't, and she made it very clear it was dangerous, and we could of course get hurt. My brother and I just got used to it, and would just close it and lock it if we saw it open. It didn't stop there. It began to move through the house bumps in the night. This story happened to my mom. We lived in town, so hearing people talking outside wasn't that big of a deal. Everyone knew everyone, and sometimes people would sit on our porch to smoke a cigarette. We always heard people talking. The closer you got to the talking the farther away it got. You would look outside, and no one would be there. You could never make out what they were saying. Sometimes it was angry, and sometimes it sounded like a normal conversation. Then the ghost, demon, entity, began ringing our doorbell. The Doorbell The doorbell always rang, day and night. At first, we thought it was my friends ding-dong ditching my house, but it only did it at certain times. We told our friends to stop, and they were persistent it wasn't them. We would be casually having a conversation and say a number in the sentence, You can have two pieces of cake, and the doorbell would ring two times. It took us a while to catch on, and we started engaging, telling the spirit to ring it five times, and it would. We started having some fun. My mom wasn't a huge fan, but my friend and I decided to take some EVPs, EVPs. The only prominent EVP I ever caught was on a flip phone. My. Fr- we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see we could not but she did
1: and in the end what will i become senwa saga hellblade 2 play it now
0: with game pass
1: have you made the switch to nyx millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from nyx that's k-n-i-x period panties from nyx are like no other making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in north america See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's knix.com, promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. Brenda
0: friend and I went into my bathroom and started asking questions. We told the spirit to touch us. We told them we can stand normal or in a funky fashion. In a man's voice, it said really fast, funky fashion. I don't remember being touched or neither does she, but when we played it, back you could hear it. We showed my mom and you could tell she believed us but blew it off. Later that week, I went to my grandma's, the one with the possessed storage room, and little did I know, my mom had the house blessed by her friends who hunted ghosts. They said it should help. Boy, were they wrong. It helped for a little, but things got more sinister. Filament and Bulbs a filament in light bulbs is the thing that produces the light. When light bulbs bust or blow, it's the thing you can hear shaking around in the glass. We were having a cookout, and again, this is one of my mom's stories. She went into the bathroom and heard a slight tink noise, almost as if you were lightly tapping a spoon on a glass. She flipped the lights on and looked in the mirror. It was then all five light bulbs blew. Not just blew, exploded. Like something in a horror movie. It was one at a time. She didn't notice until she brought her friend in to show him. And he said that is almost impossible because all five of the filaments were intact. He said they should have separated. Shortly after, we started sleeping in my mom's bed. Glass Shatter with Bible My brother and I liked when my mom read to us, and we found comfort in her reading us the Bible for some reassurance. One night, my mom was reading us verses. My brother and I were scared the spirit what i believe now to be a demon would touch us she read first john chapter 5 verses 18 through 21 we know that everyone who has been born of god does not keep on sinning but he who was born of god protects him and the evil one does not touch him It was then when she told us we would be safe because the devil can scare us. The devil can make bad things happen in our life, but he cannot touch us as long as we believe in God. It was at that time another tink, tink, tink was heard, and as soon as we were quiet, the glass of water my mom had sitting beside her bed exploded yes exploded she told us that she had dropped it coming up the stairs but years later told us she has no idea why it exploded we had the house blessed again by the same people and they told us the small hallway between my brother and my room was a portal with high readings We later moved out of the house into a town about 30 minutes away. My grandfather re-rented the house out to another family, and when visiting his house, my brother and I were told not to tell the kids about what we had experienced. We promised, but after only a month, that family had packed up and moved to Michigan without notice. About a year ago, I was telling these stories to a girl we adopted during quarantine, as she is easily scared, and I thought it would be funny. I decided to Google search the house to do a virtual tour, since it is empty again, to give her a visual of where things happened. When you Google the address, nothing pops up. It's as if the house doesn't exist. When you Google Earthy address, again, there's nothing. I located my grandfather's address because he lived next door and took the cursor down the street. What I saw was so shocking. I won't tell you what I saw, so you were completely unbiased and can draw the conclusion for yourself. I'm sorry this was so long, but to this day, I still think that spirit follows our family. My mom always said she never believed in ghosts before this house, but it made a believer of her. Parts of these stories are firsthand, and parts have been filled in by others, but since everyone is interested, I thought I would just write out my favorites. After the initial manifestation, it was like the house exploded with activity. It started with phantom footsteps on the stairs, up and down all night long. We got used to this pretty quickly. It just became a part of the house's personality. Then came the voices. After midnight, you could never quite be sure if your ears were deceiving you. When they began, it was like a radio stuck between stations. A lot of garbled sounds with an occasional word coming through. Gradually, over the course of about a month, they became more intelligible. We began hearing full conversations coming from the living room, knowing full well everyone in the house was upstairs. We tried several times to sneak down and catch an apparition or something, but no matter what, by the time we reached the middle step, the voices would stop. A couple of months go by, and we're regularly experiencing phantom steps and voices, random things going missing and turning up somewhere totally random, taps and knocks, etc., but have yet to catch another apparition. My mom started a new job, working nights, so she always missed all of the activity and explains away the rest. She couldn't explain the ghostly girl in the basement, but she's sure if she thought about it hard enough, she could come up with something. This part is relayed from her to me. One night I came home from work early, around midnight, and it sounded like you were all in there in the dark having a party. I was mad that your dad let you stay up so late, so I busted in the front door, all ready to chew y'all out, but the living room was empty. All the lights were out and y'all were all sound asleep upstairs. I just thought I must have been hearing neighbors or something and carried myself upstairs and got in the shower. While I was showering. I heard what I thought was one of you girls going down the stairs, so I hollered and told you to get your ass back in bed, and I heard footsteps run back up the steps and toward y'all's room. I didn't hear anything else so I figured whoever it was went to bed and I finished my shower. I got out and was drying off when I heard the footsteps coming up the stairs this time. I thought one of y'all had snuck downstairs without me knowing and was trying to sneak back up. I flung the bathroom door open, expecting to catch one of y'all in the act, but no one was there. I just sort of shook it off as the house settling and went to my room. I closed the door like I always do, got dressed, and when I went to crawl into bed, I noticed the door was open. I figured it must have latched wrong and went and closed it again. I got halfway across the room before it creaked open again. I spun around and marched over and slammed it and got into bed. I don't know how it didn't wake your dad up, but he just kept snoring. I have a hard time falling asleep, you know. So I was laying in bed staring at the ceiling when, out of the corner of my eye... I see the door open yet again. Now I'm pissed off because I'm thinking the latch is broken. I get up and turn on the light and go look it over. It seemed to be working just fine, so I closed the door and jerked on it real hard to make sure it stayed, and it did. Now I was curious and starting to think about y'all's ghost stories so I sat on the edge of the bed and watched the door. Before long, I noticed the knob turning. I reached over and tried to wake Dad up, but he just sort of mumbled and rolled over. The knob kept turning until the latch came free and the door swung open again, and this time, a lady walked in. She was a little old lady, skinny with gray hair. Wearing a floweredly nightgown. She kind of reminded me of your grandma. I froze for a second. I was too shocked to do anything else. She stood there staring holes through me for a minute before I found my voice to ask who she was. She didn't answer. Just stood and stared. I freaked the hell out. I started shaking your daddy and hollering and he set up like he was in a trance. I looked over to where the woman was standing. (sighs) What's the matter? (sighs) He asked, yawning. I said, Do you see her? He blinked fast and squinted at her. (sighs) Yeah? He said it so casually. It's... Ugh, it's just that lady. I was frantic at this point. Excuse me? What effing lady? I squealed. And then, like it really wasn't a big deal, he laid back down and immediately fell back asleep. Then, I noticed she's getting closer. She wasn't walking though, more like gliding I guess. And she glided right up to me and then threw me into the closet I was like paralyzed I couldn't move I couldn't breathe or scream or anything it got so cold in the room that I could see her dad's breath the woman then glided back out of the closet and back across the room and out the door swinging it shut behind her Once she was gone and the door was closed, I gasped and gulped air like a fish out of water. I was trembling and have never been so terrified in my life. But I tell you what, I now know ghosts are real. Personally, I never experienced this old lady ghost, but I know mom's fear is palpable when she talks about it. I experienced run ins with several apparitions in that house. My sisters, too. So often that we named them. There was the No Face Lady, the Peepers or Peekaboo Men, Tommy, and Cigar Man. We decided the girl in the basement was named Laura because she looked like Laura Ingalls. My dad was a very spiritual man who taught us to live alongside them in peace. Some of them were scary, yes, but we never experienced anything malevolent at all. Most of the time, it was like they were wholly unaware of us. So, that's the end of my story. We live alongside ghosts. Have any of you experience ghosts or are you living with them how do you get along i would like to know and any comments would help these are some of the experiences i had while working in a haunted house type place one october in my hometown First thing I want to make clear, this building was super old. From what I can find on the internet, it was built in 1916 and was originally a hotel. It has gone through several different owners throughout the years and was at one point a hospital and at another point an apartment building. It stood abandoned for a long time but every few years, someone would try and raise money to do something with the building. Eventually, the local high school drama teacher bought it and turned it into a haunted house experience. I was brought in one year as a substitute actor and ended up with an actual position because the girl who was working in my room refused to work in there alone. For a while, she tried to stop people from telling me why, but eventually, I learned that she was standing in the shower in the room, hiding alone, and something or someone scratched her back up pretty bad. She still worked there, but she just refused to be alone. The first thing that I noticed about the room was that it had a really bad vibe. I would hate being there alone every night because the room just felt off. The second thing that I noticed about the room was the rocking horse in the corner of the room. It was strung up so it was hanging in the corner of the room and it would rock all the time. It wasn't like I was pushing it all the time or like there was a particularity strong breeze it just rocked a lot the next thing that I noticed was that there was a super loud sound of running water behind me all the time the pipes in the building didn't work at all so water shouldn't have been going through them it also wasn't raining or anything of the sort I never figured out what that sound was. The other thing that happened a lot in that building was our technology stopped working a lot. Our lights and sounds we were using would randomly stop working all the time. But it wasn't like it was a total power outage or anything. It was just our strobe lights and speakers. There was also a couple of nights where I would take my phone out of the box. All the actors put their phones in, and my phone would go completely crazy. It's been years at this point, so I don't remember all the details, but when I turned my phone on, it was some sort of black and blue screen with colored or white text that covered the entire screen. I was able to fix it, but it was weird that it only ever happened in that building. That's all I remember at the time. Other notes. The shower in the room wasn't connected to any bathroom. It was just around the corner in the room by itself. When I was in that room alone, it felt almost otherworldly, like another time. It felt similar to what people describe the back rooms to feel like. Oh well, I'm grown up now, and I have no intention of ever visiting that building again. I'm unsure if they still exist, but soon after relocating from the Midwest to the Mid-Atlantic area, I joined a social meetup group focused on ghosts I am a fan of revolutionary and Civil War history and joined to see where their events would go. One time, I went to an event hosted on this historic farm. I hesitate to call it a plantation. It may have been once upon a time. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat.
1: Call QuickGrainger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
0: The farm actually was built prior to the U.S. Revolutionary War and belonged to one family for 200 years. They had their own infrastructure, barn and buildings to support themselves. Anyway, during the tour of the place, they encouraged all of us to stay for the evening. Investigations and camp overnight since the buildings were being remodeled and repaired. I stayed for one investigation and was assigned a seer, not a psychic. But she's keen to residual emotions and suggested I be open to what happens. As she and I went to our assigned area, the family cemetery. Just past the cemetery was a tree line. This was a clear summer evening, and even though we had flashlights... And I brought a gas lantern to identify my campsite. You could clearly see folks and things well enough. We noticed well lit shadows moving amongst the trees just past the cemetery. We were prohibited from crossing the cemetery, and no one was allowed past certain areas. After seeing those shadows and hearing what my partner was describing, I pretty much packed up my gear and left. I knew I was in trouble when the event host had gathered us together to do a cleansing prayer to make sure nothing was attached to us during the event. If you all enjoy following ghosts... I suggest connecting with your local historical or meetup ghost group, maybe even the paranormal investigations group. But for warning, make sure you also get a cleansing, as you never know what may attach to you. I don't have anyone to tell the weird stuff that happens to me, so... I'm just going to tell a bunch of people on the internet. Here's my story. So yeah, I once saw this really, really nice necklace on an online auction. And I just placed my bid and I actually won. The seller was a German man, and it took a while for my package to arrive... I was super proud of my new necklace, and I started wearing it from the exact moment I held it first in my hands. After a month of wearing it, weird things started happening to me. Two events occurred. The first one was a Sunday or Saturday morning, and I remember being very relaxed and hearing the voice of a little girl talking to me even though I couldn't understand what she said. I didn't see her, I just heard her. Everyone in my house was asleep, so it made me freak out. The second event occurred on a Wednesday night. It was around 10pm, and I usually go to bed at around 9, 9.30. I take a while to fall asleep. I was feeling relaxed and I was half asleep and half awake. I realized I was listening to a female voice humming a tune that I could recognize even though my parents were downstairs and my brothers were sleeping. It scared me a lot at first, but I didn't really mind and I just let myself fall asleep I talked to my mother about what was going on, and we had a long talk in private. I often see weird things, and weird things often happen to me. But this time, I told someone about it. My mom was trying to understand for what reason this would happen only to me. She thought it was maybe something in my room... And in that exact moment when she said that, I thought about my necklace. It was a necklace from the years 1920 to 1930. So, I just poured some holy water on it. And I just had a few events after that. But they were probably only my imagination running wild. I still have the necklace now, and I wear it every day. I feel like the memories of the girl who had this necklace before me are still inside the necklace, and I don't really mind. Actually, I'm happy that a part of her is still in there. I just really can't explain why. Well, this is one of my most creepiest experiences, Nothing else weird has happened ever since. I love my necklace, and I really hope the girl who owned it before me is happy that I'm the new owner. It's been a while since I shared this story with anyone. Here's some background. I worked as an off-shift 12 a.m. to 8 a.m., IT guy in a 24 by 7 historic federal building while trying to finish college, 2003 to 2005. Can't say too much, but it used to be many things, a sanitarium, a hospital, very popular in the 1800s. It had its own underground network of tunnels, to move supplies and bodies in and out of the building... Uh, ...i.e. train station cemeteries, that sort of thing. During my shift, I worked in two physical locations... ...the call center area and a secure communications room. The most frightening times I had... ...was when I worked in the building's sub-basement... It used to be the building's morgue, but was now the exclusively secure communications room. Since it's 24 by 7, the lights stay on inside that calms room all the time. There's always someone required to be in the room. Didn't matter if it felt like you were being watched anyway. Also, No one was allowed to be in that room alone. Our customers who we support made sure one of us was in there with them while working. Minimum staffing in that room was three people during the day. At night, on my shift, two people. Anyway, my story specifically was, as I was wrapping up my homework or thesis statement... I heard a noise like something heavy being dragged on the other side, opposite my cubicle wall. I called my friend over. He heard it too. My cubicle wall is pretty big, but in the few minutes for my friend to come over, we both heard it for about five to seven minutes. We asked each other if there was anyone else in our secure area or if any last-minute work was scheduled. Nope. We made the choice to investigate the noise, and area nope turned up nothing. Room door still locked. No one else but us had entered or was present. We took a smoke break and left just to not run out screaming. People would complain that when they used the common restroom, someone would tug their clothing while they were in there, and it would always freak them out. The worst part for me would be when I'd have to walk this huge gothic building at night and in the dark and manually update computers. The security guards would make their rounds and shut off all the lights in areas not used. I'd go and turn them all on when I did my rounds. Anyway, I'd see and hear things. Shadows would appear when I turned on the lights and murmurs at specific places. During the day, when it's sunny, heavily populated, and lots of people you don't notice anything odd. At night, when it's just you and one other guy, you would hear noises or see things. It's scary as hell. By the way, the building is still occupied. I'm told those areas are no longer available or accessed. They're now used for storage only. If you run across this building, I highly suggest never approaching it. So a couple weeks back, I posted about hearing a girl and or young woman utter the words, "Uh uh-oh, one night in my apartment where I live alone. Since then. And since compiling a list of weird things that have happened in the apartment, I thought I might go over what's happened in my apartment since I moved in, and see what other people thought. It started back in early 2021. I had moved into the apartment in late 2019, and for the year and a half I lived there, I hadn't noticed anything strange or at least anything strange enough that it stuck in my mind. This would change very shortly. While I was hanging out with some friends in a Discord voice chat one afternoon, I happened to glance down the length of my hallway, the doorway of which is to the left of where I sit. Just by turning my head, I can look down the hallway into the dining room, and from the dining room I can see my desk. Well, when I looked to my left that particular afternoon, my saw what looked to be the shadow of a woman's arm in the doorway of the dining room, as if the woman it was concerned to was standing just on the inside of the dining room, out of sight. Now, it might have just been the shadows, but I know I saw it clearly enough that it caught my attention, and it was still there after I looked away once or twice. It was clear enough that I was about to tell the Discord chat about it, before it finally disappeared, and I convinced myself I hadn't seen anything. A few months later, Sometime around November 2021 to February 2022, I was awoken one night to what I can only describe as a choir singing. It sounded for all the world like people singing in my room. Now, there is a church next door, but I've never heard them practice before, and this was at 3 in the morning. I lay there, fully awake and very confused, until the noise finally stopped, and I once again convinced myself that I had imagined it, that it was only a very late-night practice for the church next door. Over a year later, earlier this year, I was sitting on the couch in the living room, playing some solitaire on my phone and preparing to get ready to go to bed. As I'm sitting there, fully awake, and aware of all the noises around me, mainly the train that had just rumbled its way through town, I hear, in the silence that followed, a young woman in child's voice, clear as day, saying, "Uh uh-oh, from the direction of the dining room. Now, I've heard other people and other people's TVs from the apartments around me before. They all sound muffled and quiet. This wasn't. This was clear and very loud. A couple weeks after that, I'm in the dining room, bent over, grabbing a couple water bottles from the cask in the corner of the room. Catching movement out of the corner of my eye, I watched from between my legs as something, a lady's skirt maybe, move from one corner of the room to the other. Again, this isn't me seeing something I thought I saw and then wasn't there when I went to look. I watched as whatever this was moved across the floor for several seconds. Why I never thought to stand up and turn around, I'll never know. Finally, just last night, I was listening to someone on YouTube talking about a 1980 film, when suddenly, along with the audio from the video, I heard something that sounded like a woman's, wordless, barely audible, whispering, right by my left ear. It stopped. I frowned, rewound the video to where I'd first heard it, and it simply wasn't there. It wasn't in the video. Had never been in the video. I'm becoming more and more convinced my apartment's haunted but I'm still not a hundred percent certain it is. I guess I'd have to concretely see something before I believed it. I don't know. What do you all think? I moved into my aunt and uncle's house for about two years. I was a fifth grader. It was my three younger cousins. My sister and I, who were mostly in the home. I rarely remember my aunt being home, which should have been a red flag, and her husband worked the graveyard shift, so we weren't allowed to be rowdy during the day. The home is in this part of town that, historically settled by Irish immigrants, so a lot of deaths happen due to poor water hygiene and a fire that forced them out, etc. The house previously belonged to my uncle's father, so he was very attached to the home. As an Asian immigrant, buying a house in those days were very rare because of how poor they were. The times when my aunt was home, they often argued, I can't remember about what, For a time, she didn't sleep in the same bed with her husband and slept with the kids in our room. I remember him wrestling her on the bed one day and breaking the window next to it. It felt more awkward than scary because it felt more like they were hiding something. After that, I remember hearing my other aunts and grandma whispering about how the house should be sold and everyone should move out. All while this is happening, weird things would occur in the home. My aunt really liked to gamble with her siblings, and I guess it was her way of being able to stay away from home late at night, and my uncle is off at work. Like all children... My cousins, my sister, and I loved watching TV. Back when Adult Swim would air late at night, anime, and we all would tune in in the living room with our eyes glued to the latest or reruns of Wolf's Rain episodes. One night, the doors connecting the living room to the foyer slammed shut they were always left wide open because it was one of the weird rules we followed. And all of us turned to see the panic on each other's faces and ran into the girl's bedroom. We were terrified out of our minds. Once we all got into the room, we panicked even more because we had left the lights and TV on. If our aunt came home knowing we weren't sleeping, We were in big trouble. We all demanded the oldest should go turn it off, which was my sister, but she refused. In our panic, someone asked, Did we lock the door? So we all knew we were all screwed whenever our aunt came home, but we were all too scared to leave the bedroom after that experience. When my aunt did come home, she was furious. The lights were on, the TV was on, the doors were unlocked, and children were up past midnight. She asked, and we told her the truth. The look in her eyes is something I will never forget. It was confirmation that she, too, had experienced the same things in that house. We were chewed out and my aunt went about pretending like nothing happened, but things kept escalating. They got dogs and would leave them in different places throughout the home at night. In the middle of the night, sometimes one dog would bark at the darkness as if something was there, which only made my aunt unhinged even more. I ended up moving in with my grandma in the middle of 5th grade and escaped that place. But even 20 plus years later, I still have nightmares about that house. My aunt ended up selling the house years later to the Italian restaurant behind it because they wanted to expand their parking lot but never had. I believed it's because the land is cursed, or the entity wouldn't allow them to build. My aunt was not a Christian and hired a shaman. We are Southeast Asian. For years to cleanse and rid the spirits lingering there with no success. After selling the house, a giant cross was built in front of the home, and posters of Jesus and the cross were zip-tied to the fence around the property. I live near a very old forest. In its near history, it was an ironworks in the Victorian times and a quarry not too long ago. It can be traced to having Iron Age settlements of humans there. But the river, trees, ferns, and mosses have reclaimed their home over the years, and some spots are much older than others. There is a Jurassic waterbed in one part, which is elevated, and is a flat plateau with surrounding cliffs. It's beautiful with trees lining the lip of the bowl around the top. To get to this part of the forest, you climb a not-too-steep slope, and you can explore these woods, which lead on to meadows and amongst the clusters of trees. On a sunny day, there is nothing better than being here. Me and my friend in 2020, summer solstice, made a fire and had a lovely time watching the sunset and gathering wood and just chatted away. As the sun got closer to the ground, making the sky hold hues of pinks and purples, and the bats were beginning their hunting for the night, we were running low on wood, and had collected all the bits small enough on the flat plateau area. So... We made our way up to the entrance of this forest part, which was something we had done together and alone for years. We got closer to the first trees and had scoured the small grassy area in front of what we could. The energy just changed. It got heavier. It was quite dark, dusky if anything and we could see about three feet in front of us, still and each other. As we were bending over to collect the wood, this blood-curdling scream began and came from further away to right in front of us. We dropped the wood in fear, this rush of energy bound towards us screaming like nothing I have ever heard before. We both looked right towards the source and could feel it getting more and more intense and louder. As it got too close to our faces, we couldn't see anything. We only heard this painful, loud scream. Me and my friend are very into our birds and nature and we look at each other both white as sheets and said, that must have been a bird of prey. And both reassure each other of that multiple times as we turned around very quickly and left that area. The walk back through the forest and the outskirts was really quite scary in the dark. I've since walked the whole length of the second and first half of the forest in the dark on my own and that was very interesting. Definitely unnerving at points, but not as terrifying as that night with my friend. As we got further away from that area, we both said we'd never heard a bird like that, let alone not see its wings flapping or hear that too. It was just a scream that started from the back of the forest and traveled so fast and in a straight line right towards us, and stopped in the edge of the tree line, and the rest of the forest was silent. I've told this story to a friend who is convinced it must be a banshee, and I just don't know, but it was freaking terrifying, and I definitely will not be going up there again in the dark. So, I worked at a county jail. One night, I was working in the maximum security unit on the night shift. It was pretty boring with nothing to really do except checks, where you go around and look in each cell every 30 minutes or so to make sure everything was okay, and the inmates weren't doing anything they weren't supposed to be doing. It had been about 15 minutes or so since my last check and I was sitting in the control room reading a book to pass the time. The control room sits higher than floor level and looks out over the cell block. If a person average height were to walk right by you, you would only see the top of their head. As I'm reading my book, I see out of my peripheral the top of a bald head walk past the window. I knew that nobody else was in the area, as another officer would have had to go through two sets of remotely opened doors, and there was no way past my control room. I looked up and into the cell block. I didn't see anyone. I then looked at the camera monitors, which showed every angle of the cell block. Still nothing. I put my book down and exited the control room, making sure to lock the door behind me in case an inmate got out their cell. They couldn't lock me out of the control room. It's uncommon, but it is possible. I walked into the cell block, shining my flashlight into some of the more dimly lit areas. I took notice that I did not hear a cell door close, so if an inmate did get out of their cell, they would have either had to close their cell door incredibly quietly, or they were hiding somewhere. I radioed for another officer to respond to my location as a backup. I began to conduct a check making sure to count the inmates in each cell, and pull on the door to make sure it was locked. When I reached the upper tier, one of the inmates was standing at the cell window and asked me what time it was. When I told him, he noted that I was early on my check and that I had been checking the doors. These guys have nothing to do but watch you. The inmate asked if I saw the bald-headed guy. He must have seen the expression on my face because he said that he was seen by somebody at least once a night, usually passing quickly by the cell windows. He said they always knew it was him because there were no bald officers on night shift. I went back to the control room and locked it behind me. I asked the officer who responded as my backup about the bald-headed guy. It was a very senior officer and said that he had never personally seen him, but it wasn't uncommon for officers to report it. I never saw the bald-headed guy again. Eventually I got promoted and every once in a while An officer or inmate will ask me about him. I finally found out the bald headed guy was one of the prisoners that had taken his own life when he served time there. I'll start this off by saying that I'm sorry about my English. It isn't a hundred percent and I hope you can understand my story. So, me and three of my friends and one of my friend's parents were in my friend's cottage three years ago, I think. Two of my friends and the parent were outside at the beach and I was with one of my friends inside. I'll call her Jay. I was playing video games upstairs with Jay. Jay and suddenly, we felt like someone was watching us. Well, we didn't think much of it. The feeling didn't go away in like ten minutes, and then it just stopped for me. Suddenly, we heard a big bang downstairs, and we were a bit scared of it, and just let it be. After my other friends came inside... They came upstairs and asked why is there a big fork on the floor. I don't know what it's called in English, but it was like one meter long and heavy. We were like, what the F, at the moment, and told them everything. I saw a man standing in the hallway to the room where we were sleeping, Now I'm not gonna lie. I almost shit myself. My friend... Not Jay, told me one time, when I wasn't there, someone I don't remember who was walking the stairs suddenly, heard really fast running sounds towards them. Someone in the family died in that house, on those stairs. After they sold the cottage, since they could afford it, they took a couple of things from that house, and now their new house is haunted. Sometimes I hear footsteps in there and knocking. This wasn't the only time I saw a guy standing in the second floor kitchen or hallway. It was always there looking at us. I even had to run most of the time there because I was freaking scared out of my mind. Now, I don't know a ton about the history of my childhood home, but I know that it was old as hell and one of the creepiest places I've ever lived in. It was a four story house. Fancy, right? With lots of dark spaces and long stairways. Basically, it was really big. There wasn't a moment in that house that I felt like I was truly alone and there wasn't a hallway that felt truly empty. I was just barely out of toddlerhood when I started to develop severe anxiety. I was afraid to do anything alone. I was always checking behind me, sleeping with my head under the covers, seeing things, hearing things, you name it. I'm always a hundred percent sure that there was something paranormal making me feel that way. I wasn't the only one seeing and hearing things, though. My older brother shared a room with me, and he always slept on the top bunk. His bed was maybe a foot away from the ceiling, and the attic was right above us. He told me that some nights he'd hear adult footsteps right above his head, just circling the attic. But it gets weirder. He's told me that at one point, he woke up next to a shadowy figure, just lying in bed with him. He claims the figure had two white specks for eyes, and that it wasn't acting malicious. It was just lying there, silently. This must have been some kind of sleep paralysis hallucination. But, considering the other events, I wouldn't be surprised if it was some kind of spirit. And now, on to the worst one. The playroom. That room was the creepiest effing thing in the house. And I get shivers just thinking about it. It sat at the end of a long hallway on the top floor, just below the attic. My room was down the hall from it, and it was always pitch black. I remember staying up at night, staring at it, just in case something moved. I often couldn't take my eyes away in fear of something appearing, if it did. Somehow, every time I looked at that doorway, the door was wide open, and the door wasn't weak either. It worked perfectly fine and wouldn't open unless you turned the knob. I'd asked my dad to close it before I went to bed, and it would stay closed for a bit until it just slid open again. I'm not a door specialist, but it was just freaking creepy but wait there's more now that we're older and out of that house me and my brother found out that we shared a terrifying experience we both saw something incredibly creepy in the same place i remember it vaguely it was a small neutral glowing white face in the playroom It looked a bit like a little kid, from my memory. It had no body, just a pure white face in the dark. It was around my height, and its eyes were just kind of... not there. I don't remember much, but I remember it was the single most terrifying thing I had ever been through. I don't know if I hallucinated or what, but I know it felt incredibly real and scary as hell at the time. Maybe it was a dream or something, because all I remember is seeing that effing face, getting scared and running back to my bed. I don't think I screamed, but I seriously don't remember. I kind of love and hate thinking about it because it just makes my hair stand on edge. Thanks to that house, I have now been diagnosed with anxiety. I am taking medication for it, and I'm alright, but I thought it was worth noting. All I know is, to this day, I can't go to sleep without seeing images of that white face in that playroom. Have any of you ever experienced anything from your childhood home? I would love to hear your story. And that, dear listeners, is the end of these true ghost encounters. If you are asleep already, I hope Slumberland is treating you sweetly. And if you're awake and listening, I hope you have enjoyed this collection. Until next time, I'll read to you soon. Have yourself a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good night.